Hi, it's Karen from See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. We're the podcast for parents with young children, and we know that life with kids is messy, but we're here to celebrate those messes, from spilled milk to emotions spilling out of little volcanoes. And you know what? We really believe in you. You got this, and you're not alone. I just want you to know a little something about your host. Karen Deerwester is an educator, author, and all-in cheerleader for kids being kids. Karen has been a corporate spokesperson as well as a reasonable and reliable voice for kids and parents in print and on TV on NBC, MSNBC, NPR, Parents Magazine, and many more. Best of all, Karen leads the parent-child classes right here at B'nai Torah Congregation of Boca Raton, Florida. Get ready for some fun, a ton of encouragement, and maybe a little inspiration. Today's podcast is Toddlers, a mind of my own. Oh, there's nothing like a toddler coming into their great big emotional power self. Toddlers are ex-kids. Extreme emotions, extreme growth, extreme changes. This is my favorite age because the growth is exponential. The power is raw and relentless, and yet they need us, but in an all-out resistance kind of way. I can't wait to hear from the moms at the square table tonight who are living with Mind of My Own Toddlers. We have Alexis Geller, Anessa Panzer, and Courtney Fuchs. Courtney, will you get us started? Sure. Hi. Nice to be here. Um, I have an 18-month-old. He was turning 18 months a few days ago. And he, it's amazing how much he changes day to day or half day to half day. Sure, sure. Um, and he actually was a little bit of a late walker. He started walking about 16 and a half months. Um, and so once he started walking, his personality just completely changed. He's so happy now that he yeah. has his independence. He can just kind of take off, and he does whenever we're anywhere. Especially at restaurants, we'll be sitting there, and all of a sudden he'll decide once he's finished eating, will decide, I want to just walk around the restaurant and say hi to everybody. And he's right. Like, I have power. I have skills. I have abilities. I must use them all and all in this very moment. Exactly. And then he'll, he's a social bug, so he'll just try to make friends with everybody. Of course, everyone looks down. Oh, look at him. Da, da, da. But um, he just asserts his independence in that way. Um, and another thing he's been doing recently is he's kind of been testing me. If oh, he knows, good, 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 good. He's Tell an, me how. So we have a couch in our family room, and behind the couch are a bunch of wires because there's buttons that you know, open the reclining sections. And I've told him many times, do not walk behind the couch because there's wires and you'll trip. And now he's hysterically laughing every time he goes near the back. He'll look at me and just give me the biggest smile and laugh. Because it's part of that social bugness of his that right. says, I have a game that I can now initiate with mom. Exactly. He knows he's going to get a rise out of me by saying sure. no. So every time I'm so strong, no, no, no. Even though I want to laugh because he looks so cute when he, when right, he laughs. Right, right, I just try to stay strong and say no. But it's it's every, it's like every 10 minutes sometimes. I love it. So right now you're kind of enjoying the new stage and you don't feel a ton of frustration at repeating it every 10 minutes. Every 10 minutes. Yeah. It, right. I mean, it gets to a point where, like, he just needs to stop. <laughs> it's like, all Every right, I get dream, it. They just need to stop. Yeah. yeah. 
But um, I know, I, I realize what he's doing. Okay. He's not trying to be bad. He's just trying to test his limits right now. And that's kind of what toddlerhood is all about. It is, it is, it is, it is. I do believe that it is the precursor of becoming a teenager and, and how, they man, how they portray this opposition, whether it's with charm or whether it's with intensity and a little defiance. You can have that whole spectrum. And it's just like teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it comes in many different shapes and sizes. But it really is that I'm becoming my own person. And that bond that you had as parents of newborns, where it was like mom and baby bubble. Okay, well, maybe Alexis never had that. No, I never did. <laughs> Look, we're coming to you next. But that, but that attachment bubble where there was this synchronicity and, and this merging of you and baby and oneself, now they're like, heck no, let's kick some holes in that bubble so that I can have my own voice, my own power, my own choices, and my own emotional life. And that's, that's big because it's a big separation uh, emotionally from that, that initial kind of baby attachment. But I love it, I love it, I love it, and I want to celebrate it as we support you guys staying relatively sane through it. (laughs) Alexis, before we turned on the mic, you said, I hate this stage. Age. This age. Um, Okay, thank you for having us. Let me just start with that. Um, Sophia is my daughter. She's 16 months old. And I also said that I hated zero through 16 months. (laughs) (laughs) Um, solely for the fact that I didn't have that baby. I never had a baby. Like, she was full-on, never cuddly, wanted to be held. I forced her to like it. Like, there are photos of me holding her (laughs) because I'm the only one that gets that. But that's through endless nights of screaming and crying on both ends. Sure. Because I would go in and tell my husband, I'm like, I can't do it anymore. She's stronger than I am. Like, I just, I could not do it. Because it was, she knew what she wanted, when she wanted it. And she has such a bold personality since she was born that there was no convincing her of any, like, anything else. So, I mean, looking back at it, this is an easier stage than for her first year. Because now I could talk to her. Like, I could talk her through anything. So, um, like Courtney was saying with the cords and everything, so we had a stack of DVDs because we're, we're getting ready to stage our home, to move and everything. We had the stack of DVDs and I, the teacher mode in me just kicks in. And I know like not to like say no over and over again, cause she's just going to ignore it eventually. So I'm, and I, I taught my husband to do this where you just move her, like you move her and it, it's just, don't even exhaust yourself. Like, Oh, look what's over here. But this situation didn't work cause she wanted those DVDs and that's what she wanted. So, um, in the process of trying to get her to move so we can move the DVDs, she just wanted it. And, like, she was barreling through us to get it. So I turned to her, and I put my hands on either side of her her cheeks, and I said to her, I was like, Sophia, this is not what we're doing right now. You need to go over there, and Mommy's going to move it. And she proceeded to look at me, and I moved my hands down, and she looked at me square in the face, put her hands near my cheeks, and went, bop, 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 yelling back at me. I was like, okay. And I just burst out laughing in her face. I was like, and I mean, she was maybe 13 months at this point. And my husband had to take her by the hand and move her away and like sit down and go, Sophia, that wasn't nice to yell in mommy's face. (laughs) Sometimes you can't help but (laughs) I mean, I couldn't even hold it in. And I'm very good at like biting my cheek and like turning around and Mm. hiding my face. So much so that she has now learned to hide her mouth when she laughs because I hide my mouth when I laugh. That's so cute. (laughs) I love how... 
they notice everything yeah. you're doing. They're copying everything you're doing. And and again, that mirror is 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 many things when you see yourself coming back at you through the hands and mouth and face of a of a young toddler. Oh yeah. Um, and I think what's really really interesting about Sophia is, and and it's going to happen maybe with Madison too, <laughs> is that these are children who came out came into this world with a mind of their own. So mm-hmm. now oh, yeah. temperamentally, <laughs> you have those intense temperament power children. Yeah. That does not diminish in any way when you get to these enormous landmark oppositional stages. And so the intensity could get even, I mean, what's going to happen, and this is this is my next question for you, is, um, like, as you said, you can talk to her, yeah. and she's processing uh, so much of the cognitive, and in, and enjoying, I think all of them are, they enjoy being treated like people, they mm-hmm. enjoy having the world mm-hmm. explained, they enjoy the engagement. What's going to happen, and is happening, is that this new emotional life, I mean, there's a wonderful book written called The Emotional Life of Toddlers, and it is like, whoosh, you know, between 18 months and two and a half. You're not even there yet. And you're I'm not afraid. even there yet. <laughs> so, uh, and that is my next question for you, which is, you know, what are you seeing in terms of her new emotional experiences? Because I think that's the part of the, the extreme age that really comes into play, which is, they actually become these little volcanoes um, disrupting or erupting with with this like escalating emotions from within themselves. She doesn't have that. She doesn't have that yet. She, I mean, she'll get angry. She'll throw something. She'll yell at us or something like that. But I, like I said, I talk her through it. Yeah. So um, like at night, our whole routine for me is that I, I sit with her in the rocking chair for a few minutes and I talk to her and I'll tell her like, oh, mommy loves you and I'll kiss her all over her cheeks and everything. She'll start giggling and I'm go- and I'll, I'll hold her and go, now I'm going to go do dishes and it's really boring, but I got to go do <laughs> dishes. And, and then we have like this whole game where I fluff the blanket three times, I tuck her in and I walk out. My husband apparently can't do this. Like he was like, I mean, he, is, he is capable of said act, but he cannot see a bed to my house is all my husband like i'm like you work oh. all day here's your time with the her the teacher and you Have didn't fun. want to make a, a bedtime sequence chart to it's put on the, the wall it's laminated and no he he does nap time uh, he does bedtime he does bath time he does i mean the moment he walks in the door he takes over with cooking yeah. and taking care of her but there are some nights um, i know i'm making the same face <laughs> cooking <laughs> really <laughs> hey listen i told i tried to break the stove once that didn't work <laughs> then i told him that i would cut all the cords and then he said no he likes to cook he awesome. um he he so totally does she likes need to- the same routine from him he apparently can't, like, he has to rock her to sleep. And I was like, that's insane because usually it's the other way around that the mom needs to be in there and the dad can just leave. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he explains a lot to her too, but we, like, talk her through everything. Every emotion, every, like, if she gets really sad, I'm like, you're really sad right now, aren't you? And I'll tell her, it's okay, you can have a few minutes and I'll come back and I'll be with you again. But you need to be sad right now and that's okay. And, like, she knows when I'm upset, like, she... 
spilt my coffee. And, like, as crazy as that might sound, I was so worried about her getting sure. burnt. And that was, like, my utmost, like, oh, my gosh, you're going to get burnt if you touch Mommy's hot coffee. And I put her down, and I was like, Mommy's not talking to you right now. I'm upset with you. And she stood at least a good six feet away from me just crying, staring at me, but she knew that I... I was upset with her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we're, we're just going to, you and me need a timeout. Okay. I mean, we can take it a step further now because, okay, because Madison. This is Anessa. I'm Anessa. Thank you for having me as well. <laughs> Madison is my older daughter, and she is 20 months, and she has been an independent little girl from day one. I mean, it started out with her wanting to hold her own bottle and feed herself at four months old. You know, we would come into to mommy and me class and I would be sitting and she would lay in my lap and drink her own bottle. And everyone thought it was like the most amazing thing because mm-hmm. I had my arms free. I'm like, yeah, but I never got that baby stage. Mm-hmm. I never got that stage where I got to sit and really feed her for very long. She just wanted to do it herself, you know, and it, it came to the point where things like crawling and walking, she wanted to do it in her own time. Doesn't matter that she was strong enough or capable of doing it. She just didn't want to until she wanted to. And it got even to the point now where we we started her eating with a fork and spoon when she was pretty young. She was Mm -hmm. before a year old because she didn't like getting her hands dirty. So we taught her. And now that she's really mastered it, she will not take a single bite from any of us. Even if it's us offering her a taste off our plate like how we would to each other, she will not let us hold the fork. She has to hold it herself. Mm -hmm. Okay, so pause right there because I know you have notes here. Oh, yeah. (laughs) If I could show everybody these whiteboards, they are full, full, full. But let me, let me just ask, because um, I think for some parents, and maybe not the three of you, when your children start to have a mind of their own and insist on my way now, um, other, you, sometimes parents feel excluded or feel like, but I want, how did you make that journey that said, okay, I will respect that choice of yours? And even as you said, when it came to her, her gross motor movement, it yeah. was like, okay, I want something different, but I will honor who you are. You know, I, it, it was hard. It was hard to deal with it, you know, being in classes where you're seeing other kids and they, they're getting up and they're walking and they're moving around and your kid is just sitting there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was really frustrating. All I wanted her to do was just take a couple steps. Just show me you can do it. And, you know, I, I realized, you know, I really have to let her do it in her own time. You know, medically, there's nothing wrong with her. Okay. She's perfectly, you know, she's okay. When did she start walking? At 15 and a half months. Okay, so. Same right, same, yeah. same world that you were in. And it was just, you had to let her do it. And then with the eating, you know, it's it's hard because, you know, I again, I don't get that, I don't get to feed my baby. I don't and get to do all those things. it's not always efficient either. No. I think that's the other thing that's going to I have an easier time stage. with it than my husband do. My husband doesn't, he, he hates mess, like almost to the point of OCD. And I'm kind of like, I, I can deal with it. And I know that she needs to do it in order to get better at it. It drives him nuts. Mm-hmm. He's like, mm-hmm. I just want to feed her because she's going to make a mess. Right. I'm like, well, then she's making a mess, and then we're going to clean it up. Okay, so you've kind <laughs> of, you kind, do, would you describe yourself as a go-with-the-flow go parent? As far as parenting, yes. But not a go <laughs> Everything with the flow else, I'm, no, okay. I'm not a go-with-the-flow person. something about, at least with Madison so far, yes. it's, you've felt that sort of Yeah, easy. I'm probably the more go-with-the-flow. Okay, so hold your spot on your board there, and let me okay. just ask you guys the same question. When they want to do something their way, um, how do you release that? control, release that, but it'd be more efficient, but I, but it'll be neater, but it'll be... My first reaction is to take control and just want it my way, but then I stop for a second and I'm like, no, they clearly want this for a reason. Even if it's mess, whatever, I'll clean it up, but like it makes them happy to have that, so I'm going to let them. And is there a time in Noah's day that, that he needs that extra time or engagement, um, you know, meal times, um, diaper changing, 
uh, bath times, as you walking through parking lots. When do you find those experiences um, that that he wants to do things something on his own? Um, definitely with mealtime. His favorite food is chicken marsala. <laughs> Very sophisticated taste. And he sits there with his fork. He eats the spaghetti with his fork. He twirls it. No. He sucks the spaghetti, the chicken marsala, all by himself. We just sit there and watch him. And and he looks at us and, like, gives this big smile. Like, he knows that Pride. he's proud of himself. Pride. And and yeah. that whole, I mean, I think that is one of the best gifts you can give them is just let the, look at them and say, you're so proud of yourself. To let mm-hmm. the, to fill them up with, yes, it's all about how you, what you're capable capable of in yourself. Right, and he has one of those bibs that have the, the pockets, catch it. <laughs> the million spaghetti pieces in there, and I don't even care as long as he's happy and he's eating. And perfect. At least so. you get him to wear a bib. <laughs> <laughs> Alexis, releasing. I, so with Sophia, I guess she's just always eating with the fork and spoon. Like, I just never, I can't recall, like, teaching her. Um, I know my mother-in-law, to like, would feed her yogurt and stuff like that, and, um, it was great because she had that that time where she was able to feed her because I nursed and like there wasn't always a bottle or anything like that. So it was it was nice for them to have that time. But I think one day Sophia was just like, no, I'm going to do it. I mean, she doesn't use a fork or a spoon now. She, she holds it in her hand. She'll put stuff on it. But she likes to body paint. <laughs> and like we have taken the, the booster seat off with her on it and just stuck it inside the, the shower the shower and just hosed her down. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm used to it. We don't use a bib. I mean, she common phrase in our house is, should we strip her before she eats or not? Because mm-hmm. Yes, you have a neat freak child. <laughs> That's so funny. do you just give yourself a lot of extra time for every activity? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it was funny because I went to the mall with my friend the other day, and our, both our daughters were eating the same food, and uh, she has a three-year-old, and Sophia's sitting there, and we had taken turns to go get our meals because we were at the food court. So she came back, and she was like, okay, go, 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 and Sophia was eating macaroni and cheese. Now, her daughter, uh, you know, was tired and didn't want to quite eat her full meal. So, Sophia, I mean, when you sit Sophia down, she's down for, like, a good 30 minutes eating. She will lick her plate Mm -hmm. if she could. So, she's sitting there eating, and she had wiped the macaroni and cheese across her face. So, I kept taking a baby wipe and wiping her because we were out. I didn't want to get myself dirty. So I got up and went to go get food, and my friend, when I came back, said, I kept wiping her face, and immediately afterwards, she would just wipe her face with the sauce again, (laughs) and then she puts it through her hair, and she puts it up her nose and in her ears, and sensory play. Madison is the complete opposite, because the minute she gets anything wet or dirty on her fingers, she freaks out. And, and I have to wipe her hands before she keeps going. <laughs> <laughs> you have she to get, wipe. She's okay with a little bit around her mouth, but like if her hands are dirty, she can't continue eating. Yeah. No, recently started doing that, so he looks at his hand and then shows me. There's like one dot on it. Well, and, and what <laughs> oh, I might I give do him is, is just start putting napkins on the table. Yeah. Or putting oh, yeah. some wipes on the table. Go, oh, you yeah. don't like that? Go ahead and wipe it. Sophia, because there's also this thing that the engagement with you will make it last a lot longer. Where if she had to stop and wipe in between everything, she might not it might slow down the eating in See, a way and here that I, here I it. am thinking it's because my husband is nervous about her making a mess and is constantly wiping her face and hands and now she feels like she has to. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> it's she it might be she might be thinking it and she might share some of that innate yeah, disposition maybe. with your husband. But the bottom line is you it's it's taking away some of that independence. So so where else is she in terms of the... And what do you see? Now, you've got somebody that's a little girl that's over 18 months that's starting to yes. hit this, this so, touch of op- you know, opposition. And, and not only have we hit that, 
I had another baby nine weeks ago. <laughs> yes. So it's, it's changed her world quite a bit. You know, she has to not be the center of attention all the time, which she's not a fan of. Um, you know, we, we keep telling her it's because you're a big girl. And, and I feel like she's really, truly believing it because she's starting to test her limits more than she ever has before. And we really do see the difference between before the baby was born and now yeah, when yeah. the baby is home. Uh, and, bedtime, and I will say lots and lots of families now have second babies around 18 months uh, or before two. And I think, whoa, um, great for the kids because they're going to grow up being mm-hmm. very, very close. And they are. But they it, already are. But it is um, it is an extra challenge on parents because I'm of the emotions. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, no, bedtime yeah. has, has become an interesting thing. So Madison has always been one of the best sleepers I've ever heard of. I mean, she was sleeping 12 hours a night, you know, before four months old. So I, I was very, very lucky in that sense. But now, you know, it used to be like, okay, it's bedtime. You put her in pajamas, you brush your teeth, put her to bed. She went to bed. Now she's kind of like, now she needs a drink, and now she needs her doll, and now she wants a different blankie. And it's it's become how many more things can she ask us for before we say enough is enough, go to bed. And, and I'm so, going to that too. Is that an 18-month sleeper? It is. How do, it's, at 18 months, mm-hmm. they start um, a, this new stage, and there is a new kind of testing. And how do you know if the behavior is a testing behavior? It's kind of simple. If you give them what they ask for and they up the ante on you, it's not about the thing they asked for at all. Now it's about the engagement because now I am making you chase down something for me. Now I've got you on a hook. Now I found, and again, there is nothing negative about it other than if you play the script the way they've written it, you will get locked into this um, for the next year, if not lifetime. And that becomes really, um, the way I describe it in the Entitlement Free Child book is, that becomes inappropriate power. I don't want to take any power away from kids. I want them to be powerful in their sense of mastery, in their sense of accomplishment, in their sense of independence. But when you give them that fake power, I can make mommy jump through hoops. I can make daddy do something um, not because I want it or need it, but and again, that's a tricky one because, you know, like the, the earlier situation of he has to rock her to sleep. Mm-hmm. What I'm going to say, if he loves it, if that's their special bond, he's he's willingly being played. Oh yeah, hypothetically. Oh yeah, he and, knows he could break it. Yeah, yeah that's so the whole thing. It's he like, knows you know, he as the aunt it. or as a grandmother, you know, like you're gonna. It, we often just say, yeah, like fine, go for it. I'll give you, and we write the rules that way. So, but it is, but false power becomes that entitlement power, which is that I've got to have more, 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 and then I never have a sense of enough or peace or security in myself. So Mm -hmm. there is that emotional insecurity that comes from not responding to testing with appropriate limits and, and having them realize, oh, I have to wait for something. Oh, I can't keep sending people on the wild goose chase. <laughs> but, it's a, but it's also when you have a new baby in the house and you have these other circumstances or you have a new walker and wires, you know, you ha- you, it's, it doesn't disappear just because, oh, I've decided I'm not going to play that game. Mm-hmm. It is also part of that social learning and them internalizing rules and, and limits in a, in a fantastic way but in a healthy way. 
but it takes its toll on you guys. Okay, so she's she isn't so back to bedtime testing. Oh. <laughs> no, it, it's it's just become this new thing, and she's just trying to like push the envelope. Like, how late are they going to let me stay up? And, you and know, so, what's your read and reaction to it? So. You know, I'm not gonna lie. I I don't really do bedtime. That's kind of not my thing. So I'm mm-hmm. right now. I I tend to be with the baby, right. <laughs> and so um, my husband takes on on bedtime because you know it's been his thing. You know, he doesn't get home very early from work. He gets home pretty late. So this is kind of his time to bond with her. Yes. Is is the process of you know pajamas and brushing her teeth and putting her to bed. He gives in a lot until I be like, okay, you give it. You gave in enough times. Put her to bed. <laughs> And then, and then, the, and, and then, then he knows he's got to, okay, fine. And he can do it and she accepts it. Yes. Okay. And here's what I want to say, because I think that some of this Usually. conversation today is really part of that. How are we being introduced to the very first moments of discipline and limit setting mm-hmm. and, and all of that. And I think my one, one opinion that I think is really, really strong is that if something's not broken for you, you don't fix it because if your husband isn't frustrated at all, and it's like, and this, and he's perceiving this as his bonding time, mm-hmm. then how? Why would I want to take that away and say yes? But you should say no the first time. That's so not part of the the discovery and curiosity and this emotional engagement that I think is essential. And that she knows I can I can engage daddy, and this is my daddy time while mommy is off doing something with that new baby in the house that I wasn't sure what, what was all part of that bargain. So I think it's I don't want anybody to think that there's some negative to that. I find it just really interesting how the mm-hmm. dynamics play out with different personalities. Yeah, my only negotiation was she keeps asking for juice. Mm-hmm. to drink like, oh, okay can you give her water instead like can you just push that so she's not drinking juice after you brush her teeth right and, and, and he 100% agree with that so it was perfect and, and that, that's it yeah how do you how do you make your choices and and I think that is like I always say like you don't have to have all the right rules what you have to have is the ones that matter to you and that's that's a really good one and 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 that one alone will teach her that limited boundary in, mm-hmm. a, in a beautiful way and then she sleeps through the night Oh yeah, she's Perfect. wakes up at eight thirty next morning. Awesome. Yes. And anything about the the baby emotions, Joe? You noticing any jealousy, attention getting? You know, that stuff I, I notice more jealousy from the baby than I do from Madison. <gasps> really? You know, um, really? just today, like, yeah. If if she want the baby wants to be held all the time, mm-hmm. and if we put her down to do something with Madison, she flips out. <laughs> But Madison, Madison, when it's time to feed the baby, she comes and brings a bottle. If the baby's crying, she brings a pacifier or a blanket. She wants to touch her, hold her hand. You know, her favorite thing in the world is, is, hey, Madison, do you want to hold the baby? And we put the boppy around her. She sits on the couch, and she gets to hold the baby with me, like, right there, holding her with her. But she feels so proud, like, this is my little sister. Okay, so here's where I want to go with that next, which I think is very exciting for your new independent little people, and that is... The antidote, like you said, when you say no, it's just like, oh, I'm going to do this again and again and again because I want to hear mommy say no again and again and again. And so what happens is, you know, a lot of the limit setting, unless you're going to physically get up, remove remove them from the situation or the situation from them, it just persists. So the antidote, rather than how do I make them stop, 
um, is often how do I give them a sense of responsibility so that they can feel this age-appropriate power? Um, so what I want to ask is where are you giving them the responsibility? What's the biggest surprise for you in terms of, oh, my gosh, like I never imagined, you know, that she would be the second mom in the house at 20 months. Um, Definitely not. But <laughs> no, Allison, I'll take that over over jealousy any day. You know, mm-hmm. she she just wants to always be with her sister. She wants her sister to be happy. You know, it it started in the hospital. The first day she said she met her little sister, her sister cried as newborns do, and she couldn't take it. Yeah, she yeah. was hysterically crying. I mean, it's it's gotten a lot better now. Now when she cries a lot, she still gets emotional, but. It was it was scary, you know. I was like, "Oh my god, I can't. I don't know if I can handle um, stereo crying." <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's something else that um, after we finish independence and responsibility, yes. <laughs> I'm making myself a note that I want to come back to. Um, it makes her uncomfortable because I think that's the other thing that starts to happen at this age. That's part of that new emotional life, and that is. I don't understand it. I don't know what it means. It feels distressful. Mm-hmm. I can't make it go away. And ha- and and again, I think that Alexis, you said this earlier, is we explain, we explain, we explain the world, and and they need that. Where you can, where I mean, the first thing I say to any two or three year old when they have a new baby in the school is, does your baby cry? <laughs> because that's what babies do. And 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 ba- you know, like by the time you're two or three, you're taught. There's soothing things that happen when people cry, but what do you do with a baby when a baby doesn't stop crying instantly? So I think it rocks their world. And so they do, there is this this beginning of distress or I don't understand, and the I don't understand gets mixed into this big emotional jumble. So great, great, great example. Uh, Okay, Alexis, responsibility and independence. Um, Besides everything. She does. I mean, she does. She brings in the groceries with me. She'll pay. What do you mean? What do you mean? She carries in grocery bags. So I give her. What's in the grocery bag? Like today we went. I mean, cantaloupe. No. Today we went and we bought. Cantaloupe. I'd like to see that. Um, No, like so. We want want a video on Facebook. Yes, tomorrow. Um, So Sunday is my husband's birthday. So today we went and picked out a birthday card and we sat in the aisle and we talked about each card. And then she brought in the bag with the cards in it and she brings my keys to the door and she helps me unlock the door she shuts our trunk like it's a huge thing like she will scream is that a button pushing trunk closing both mine's a regular car she'll slam it shut and she'll press the button on the SUV <laughs> uh, the top it. part though like oh. the top part of my my okay. um, no, sonata um, she, I mean, I had to lower the bar on my Swiffer so that it was, the handle was her height so she can Swiffer the floors and it's the oh, duster it Swiffer. It's not the spray Swiffer. Um, she has to vacuum. She, the other day I was cleaning her room. She took the duster for me and started dusting. <laughs> and again, um, I, I, and I'm, I, I cannot say enough about how this is the way to give them a sense of power if they hit that stage where they feel powerless and they don't have control over things. And the more they have to comply to rules and patience yeah. and not yet, there's going to be more and more of that. And I, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, it became very unsafe at certain points in the house where she was just under my feet 24-7. And I work at home, so, I mean, I'm with her all the time by myself. It's just Sophia and I in our little world, and um, it became 
a thing in my head where I was like, well, if you're going to be under my feet, then you're going to learn what I'm doing. Because I read an article once that was like, if you teach kids to be in a safe environment, then they'll always be safe. So the only thing she's not allowed to handle in the house is the oven, obviously. But like when cooking, I put her up on the booster seat that's on top of um, a bar stool that's similar to our regular seat. So it's safe and she seasons all the chicken or the meat and she stirs and she, I have her pat dough out. Like I have her do literally everything with me. Tell everybody again how old she is. 16 months. So what I want to say (laughs) for any person who is patient enough and flexible enough and unrushed enough to introduce that, this will give you so much more freedom a year from now, two years from now. She will be a little assistant. And I do absolutely believe that helping around the house and chores should not be something invisible to children. It should be, you know, we take care of our house, we take care of our stuff, we take care of each other. And it's huge in terms of creating these whole little people that are thoughtful and caring. Um, I, 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 I firmly believe that. Like, I feel like she feels big and proud because she d- she's part of us. Like, she does, does everything with us. Like, my husband has her, I mean, cook dinner for herself sometimes where he she presses the buttons on the microwave or she switches laundry for me or she helps in her little way of folding clothes. And... I I believe that, but then like this thing started circulating around the internet that it's treating our kids like slaves, and I was like, that is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. I haven't seen that. I was like, please, 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 I just don't believe it. It can't be true. I saved the article, so I'll share it with you. Oh yeah, love that. I read. I was reading it, and I I told Adam, I was like, do you believe this crap? I was like, they. I said, so you want me to tell my sixteen month old who's screaming at me because she wants to switch the laundry. To stop because you need to be a kid. It's like, pride. It's joy. Mm-hmm. It's being helpful. And it's contributing to a house. And those children who are made to think that, that those things to do around the house are slavery are going to be children who want other people to wait on them and right. who are not going to be able to take right. care of themselves. So it's awesome. But you made me think of something else that comes back to Noah's um, behind the sofa with the wires. And that is something as simple as... Those times when he's not listening or you're tired of the game, like you could even just say, Noah, step over the wires. You know, again, it takes supervision and it takes patience because you don't really want them unplugging. Though I have had parents over the to- over the years tell me their children plug and unplug things. And I'm like, what? Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I actually had to look for the one time the laptop was charging and I didn't realize it was on the floor and he walked over there. And it was too late to, I wasn't even going to say no at that point. I said, okay, just just watch it. Watch your, where your steps are and then step over it. And he was very cautious. He looked at me, he looked down, and then he took a step over it. And I was I like, love good. it. And because, I, again, that now it's not about the, what I can't do. It's how do I manage my body and my environment. Right. And, and again, age-appropriate power. Right. Cool. So and how else are you seeing Noah um, take this on independence and responsibility? Laundry, too. He, lo- he loves to help out. He loves to see what I'm doing. Um, he makes coffee. On the Keurig machine, he pushes the button, he puts the cup in, he knows exactly how to do that. Oh, you know, if I we took it a step further. We got our kitchen, and my sister got her a, a wooden Keurig machine. 
Oh, wow. And, and, she, and they do have kitchen appliances kitchen. that you can put water yeah. in. So mm-hmm. um, I, I definitely We just get her that. a Starbucks cup. Somebody, I posted the picture and somebody was like, what's in the cup? I was like, nothing. <laughs> she pretends to chug the cup like us. Like, and she'll put it down and look at it and then wipe her face. I'm like, oh, God. Matt takes yeah. a teacup and picks up her pinky and drink. Mm-hmm. But like the Starbucks cup you gave me for Hanukkah. Yes. I mean, that's a perfect um, st- play yeah. Starbucks cup. I love it. Sometimes yep. even when we're walking out to the garage, I'm holding him sometimes, and, like, he'll push the right button on the alarm. Wow. Like, away, or whatever it is. And again, if you pause and watch how observant they have been mm-hmm. over your routines, a mom of a three-year-old just posted on Facebook this morning, ask your kids this question and write down their answers, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, and so much of it had to do, what are they absorbing and, and processing and completely comprehending from watching you? And so you can't do it as an mm-hmm. interview, but if you just talk that pause, you would be able to see them doing remarkable awareness things. It's Even so, he was sick this past weekend, um, and I was taking his temperature constantly, like <laughs> something like that. And um, it has a, a beep sound, a really annoying beep sound that I wish didn't exist because then he knows it's coming. Is it the head one? The temple. Mm-hmm, oh. The temple. <sighs> Sophia's going around doing it on her. <laughs> yeah. So he he used to let me do it back in the day. Now you know he didn't want it all weekend. He didn't want it. If he saw me coming towards me, he'd be like, ah, like that. But um, one day, all of a sudden, he grabbed it from the counter, pushed the button to turn it on, waited for it to beep, and then put it on top of his temple and looked at me and smiled. Like, he knew exactly it. what and I did. And again, that idea of repeating the process, doing it step by step, and really paying attention to, is this going to do what I just watched it do over these last times? Mm-hmm. And can I... Surmount my own fear that I didn't want to hear that, have that on my forehead again, but now I'll do it because I can do it myself. Exactly. And the do it myself is the key. You know, when you it didn't comes mind to it. putting <laughs> ice on, when it comes to take, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of things, here you do it. Um, that's a really great example. Um, did you have, I, I don't know where we were in the, my little round robin here. No idea. <laughs> um, okay, so where I want to go is again, but but right now back to that. Um, make, explaining what's uncomfortable in the world, um, knowing that they're starting to process things. And there was another, that's another really great example from the baby crying to the thermometer, mm-hmm. which is, I'm feeling passive. I don't like that. I don't understand it. And I don't like that sound. Mm-hmm. But now if I can own it, and I, and I think what I want to put out there in this very tiny way with these young toddlers, where it gets to be huge by the time they get to three and four, and that is fears. Because what happens is fears are things I can't comprehend. Fears are things that don't make sense. Fears are things that I can't predict in my world. And so here's this sound or an association to something Mm -hmm. that was really unpleasant. Um, And he already understood all that. Mm -hmm. But then, and there's where pretend play becomes so critical. Because you can repeat those same actions and process them and internalize the, the, the process and the resolution. So it's a great example, and I think that the thermometer is just like the crying. But and so one la- any other things about the emotional aspects of... The only really thing is Sophia's shy. As weird as that might be, like when she's in a situation for maybe more than 15 minutes, whatever, she warms up and then she's herself. But a huge like obstacle that we have now is she'll hide behind my legs and Mm -hmm. like I don't play into it I go okay we're here you're fine and I'll explain to her like we're just at a new place but that's a huge new like fear that she has is this 
oh my goodness, I'm in a loud new environment and she doesn't know how to process that yet. Okay, and it's a great example. It's a really great example. And because um, the thing that I feel so strongly about is is that it is a, it is about power. You know, I'm uncertain and I feel powerless, therefore I will exert myself. And if you push, the resistance gets more and more intense, the emotions escalate, and it gets insanely mm-hmm. out of whack. So, and that's, and that's so much, uh, I mean, and again, just in terms of resistance, whether it's shyness or whether it's a child deciding, I don't like the parachute anymore, or I don't like this, or I don't like, there's so many things they can all of a sudden choose. I don't like it. I don't want to participate in it. I think I was in the class with you where not a single one of the kids would come out. They would all leave the center yeah. of the floor when the parachute came out. We still did it, but not a single kid would And we can shorten it. And that, and so here's what I do is in my choice. Again, there's no right or wrong, but situation by situation. But for me, I know that they'll be back to the parachute by the time they're two. They're going to be there shaking it without mm-hmm. you in the room, mm-hmm. doing the silliest, craziest things. So I know they're coming back. So I don't mm-hmm. want to take away all of the stressors, age-appropriate stressors that are in their life, which is, so I'm not going to not start a parachute. If nobody's interested, I'll say, okay, nobody's interested, let's go on to the next thing. So I, and so I guess that's part of what I want to say in terms of mind of my own is, how do we, you're not going to not go into those new situations. You're not, you know, you're not going to avoid the things that stress them at their edges their edges are their growth points but you find that way to walk that little balance beam that says how do i how do i acknowledge but not mm, protect over protect them from it and let them find their way through it so i mean it's like situations that we go into now like i as an adult could be nervous going into a meeting or something like that but I mean, it's it's similar. Where it is exactly similar, yeah. and again, I and I don't, I never use the word shy. I don't like the word at all mm-hmm. because it comes with such judgment. I prefer to just say watchful, you know. Okay. And there's a fabulous book out there. Again, if it comes to temperament or to or, or to any of those things, the book's called Quiet, and it's about quiet power and how the introverts of the world are really enormously powerful. But we live in an extrovert culture where mm-hmm. all the extroverts are getting all of the attention and recognition and celebration so how we um, protect that personality how we protect that those emotions I think is is part of our job too thank you we're we're running out of time so it's time for the wrap-up so the wrap-up is always the same Um, so thinking about this stage that's just you know beginning to explode in front of you and all the excitement that you might be looking forward to or the anxiety of of what is uncertain ahead of you how have you got this how have you got this raising toddlers with minds of their own i've got two under two and i'm sleeping (laughs) (laughs) one way or another one way or another listen i'm lucky and and i'm getting sleep so i feel like each day i get to start fresh and I get a little bit of relief. That's huge. At night, and it's, it's huge. huge. And it gets me through each day that I, okay, at least I had some rest last night. If every parent it's could amazing. find a way to sleep, yeah, uh, seriously. I, I, that would absolutely <laughs> change the world. If our whole country could find a way that's to really sleep, right. that would change I, the world. If only I could sleep as well as my kids do. That's a whole other story. All right. Can we have a podcast about that one? Yeah. 
parents sleeping? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> sure. That would be a really good Sure. I, wish I, I don't need to my teach kids. my kid how to sleep through the night. I need to learn how to sleep through the night. Seriously. Like, I just, I can't do it anymore. Yes, we will. I, 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 yes. But you've been taken away from that. That's I think, what I want to learn. I, I actually think I have an article on it that I wrote for Mother's Day once of what mothers really need is sleep and about how, I mean, everything from sleep pods in Japan to how we're a sleep-deprived country. But yes, I, I will. Yes, we can do that. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, Alexa, how have you got this? I just have my, uh, myself in her shoes. Every single time. Every single time I get upset, every single time I get frustrated... I flip the coin and I think about what is she going through right now? Like, why is she overtired? Is she hungry? Is she this? Is she that? Like, it could be multiple. And, and I putting didn't. yourself in her shoes for this stage, what do you know? Life sucks. <laughs> That's what I know. For her, for, her. for her. Like, because she's in a very transition time. Yes. She can't pick out her shoes. Yes. Mommy's picking out her yes. shoes. She can't do this. She can't. So I try and do it as much as possible for her. But life sucks right now for her. Yes. So. Yes. I mean, when you think of think of all those movies where they show the children being like the 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 such have this low view yeah. p- perspective on the world because all the grown ups are up here and the whole world is there. I mean, there's so much to be said about that. I mean, just even, uh, there's a movie a long time ago that came out, it was Because I Said So, and that, like, every time I say it, I'm like, oh, I could not say that. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I say it to my husband, I say it to, like, to other people, I'm like, just because I said so, like, this is the way the rule is, like, but. From her perspective, yeah, I love Mm -hmm. it. Courtney, well, this is going to be a very transitionary period because in the nine and a half weeks I'm due Yay. with Noah's little sister. So um, little things I try, you know, I, if I say kiss the baby, he runs up to me and kisses my belly. I'm not sure if he really understands what it all means, but he associates kiss the baby to my belly. Um, and I read somewhere that if you once the baby's born, if you say, what should we do with our baby? Why is our baby crying? Does our baby need... It makes them feel like they have a sense of or responsibility. Or even your baby. <laughs> right, or your baby. So yeah. I'm trying to like read as much as I can about I call the baby know, first, your, your sister. What's your sister doing? Why is she sad? Right. It's hers. <laughs> That's good. And I also try to pay attention to the little small things that make him so happy that aren't going to be a detriment to anything. Like, for example, as you know, he loves school buses, <laughs> like toy school buses. So he got a bunch of those for Hanukkah, and he loves to just hold a school bus in his right hand and a bigger school bus in his left hand, even in the car, and it makes him the happiest boy in the world. And so I always make sure I have the school buses with me when we're going anywhere. Knowing what makes them happy. Mm Knowing what brings them comfort. It's like his lovey, basically. Thank you all. This rocked. It was a ton of fun. Thank you. Thanks. So that's the mess for today. We appreciate you listening to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. Seeing little people learn and grow, listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey, loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules, you write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Oh, 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 wait. We're growing too. So if you had a great time today, please spread the word to a friend. You can also join our conversation on Facebook. That's with Karen Deerwester. And there's great parenting resources for you at www.familytimeinc.com. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this lovely space. Thank you, David Dweck, for that sweet voiceover. And thanks to The Front and The Follow for the song Listen. We are listening.
Thanks, everyone. See you next week.